0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two things this week we watched the first episode of the new Disney Plus series Loki so major major spoiler alert for that one we go right into it and it's a little strange for us because this is the first time that one of these Disney Plus shows has come out on a Wednesday and then we usually record on Mondays so we're figuring out what that means for our recording schedule episode two is already available by the time you're listening to this but hopefully this will be a, a fun recap and then frame your episode two watching also Disney has just announced that they are probably going to be shifting to a Wednesday timelines so not sure what that means for us going forward. But again, spoiler alert, Loki episode one. And then the other thing we watched is the new musical In the Heights, and that is available in theaters and on HBO Max. And without further ado, here's... We're watching what? We're burdened with glorious purpose this week as we watched
1: the first episode of Loki. What did you two think? I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I mean, I wish we had gotten two episodes instead of just one. So it's a little disappointing in that way, but I'm really... Excited to see all the different variations of Loki that we're going to get. There's been quite a few in comic book land. Um, I'm hoping for kid Loki. I'm hoping for lady Loki. So we'll see how it moves forward. I guess my big commentary on the episode, which has nothing to do with anything, is that Owen Wilson's nose is horrifying and somehow worse. Maybe it was the lighting. Maybe he's just getting older and he's thinner or something. But that nose was terrifying.
0: You are not the first person that has been the first comment about it, to me at least.
1: <laughs> it was so distracting in all of his scenes because I just kept thinking about like that giant crater that goes through his nose and trying to figure out if it had always been there. And I just didn't notice or if they actually like made it worse somehow for his character. I was
0: too distracted by his horrible, all all the horrible wigs, but his horrible wig as well (laughs) to notice his nose. That's how bad it was. But Matt- Marvel's
2: Marvel's continued struggle, the wig game.
0: (laughs) the wigs. (laughs) What does the wigs department have over them that they are allowed to continue to get away with this? But before I go on my wig rant, Matt, your thoughts?
2: I enjoyed my time. I am nervous. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. But I'm worried that this is going to be where things just get really messy in a way that I start to find unforgivable in a film or a show that mm-hmm. you like things you can get away with in a comic. It just kind of like brush it off. Like, I hey, whatever, you know, yeah. that I will have a much harder time doing here. Mm-hmm. I already, just in this first episode, I assume we're going into spoilers here, right? Yes. Um, yep. just yep. in this, Spoiler alert. Yeah, just in this first episode with Loki sitting there and getting to see the events that had played out, but would continue to play out for this version of him. Mm-hmm. Had he not, come here it already starts creating this thing in my mind where I'm like okay but I'm getting ahead of myself like I need to just trust and let it play out but at the end of this either this Loki has to get completely somehow reset and whatever so that he would still do those things otherwise everything we saw in that timeline would no longer matter for this character's journey but then it's like if he gets taken I get I start going down this yep, whole thing yep. where I'm like ah and it's like it gets a little too messy for me mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of like, OK, well, I hope that, you know, he'll just get returned to the timeline. But at the same time, if he did with the knowledge he now has, I can't imagine the things that happen in the dark world and continuing to work with Thanos and things like that would would be a thing he would do because mm-hmm. he has this knowledge. So then I'd be like, OK, then you'd have to wipe his brain. And if you did that, then it feels like the show would be totally pointless other, other than just showing us that there's a, all these different timelines. So I, I start to like go down that rabbit hole and I need to stop. But that's what I'm doing.
0: This is just their massive excuse to completely overwrite the dark world. This is them trying to purge it from the memory books. (laughs) They're just like, oh, we'll mess everything up so badly.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, understandably, let's talk. Oh, I (laughs)
2: would love to purge
1: Yeah. I actually am pretty, and I don't know if I just assumed that this show, because it has to do with a lot of time travel and stuff, or, you know, I I guess I just made peace with myself that this show was probably not going to move the marvel timeline story ahead um and that we would just get to play with loki
0: i no longer have that confidence i don't don't either i thought that was the case and i now feel that this is aggressively a multiverse of madness tie-in
2: yeah i i do too i thought that going in that this was going to be just a fun little anecdotal thing and it feels a little more i mean you know, I, I was—I thought it was cool to like get the timekeepers and kind of learn about that and stuff, and like through that very Jurassic Park animation, Miss Minutes, which I liked Miss Minutes, but I was like, this is such an ode to Jurassic Park in my mind, yeah. with the, you know. And I, I liked that, but it was—it was fun, but and it was cute to watch the animation and the little, you know, potentially the Cree and the Nova Corps fighting and stuff like that. Like little Easter eggs of that were really fun, but getting all into that, and then now we see, you know, at the, at the episode ending in like what eighteen hundred something. Mm-hmm. in Oklahoma and it was like this piece of technology from the 3rd millennium has arrived via a time machine and it's giving me major like Kang the conqueror vibes here where I mm-hmm. think that was a that was probably a Loki variant at the end of course that's hunting down that stuff but we know we know we're getting Kang and I wish we didn't know that but it just makes me feel like maybe they are leading to that in the show yeah and to that point I have to actually google this so forgive me if I'm totally wrong but I thought that Gugu was cast as Ravana Rensselaer which is a character who works she's like a villain who works with Kang and as far as I know is not part of the TVA but then here she is this is like desk clerk in the TVA so like I will judge person actually so I I have to like look at and actually see if I was just like
0: you are you totally, are correct you, okay yeah, so yeah. I
2: so I'm just like I don't know if if that's gonna lead into a Kang thing or what's going on but it just it feels like we're actually getting into quantum mania, timeline stuff, everything. Like it's going to have actual implications and so on. That's what's making me nervous. I,
0: I agree. So just because I happen to have it up, uh, she was introduced as Judge Renslayer. Oh, okay. I guess her character, you both know this probably better than I do, is linked to King the Conqueror and falls in love with him, I guess.
2: Yeah, so I think they, at, at one
0: point I'm sure I mean everyone has, has sex with everyone at some point probably in you know the, the Marvel <laughs> universe. And then Kang, we know will be in Quantumania and played by Jonathan Majors and is the character black?
2: Uh I not Kang in the comics, but uh, Okay.
1: It doesn't well, mean he won't be in the show. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, he, yeah, he will
2: yeah. be. In yeah.
0: Jonathan Majors the is. Movie. And mm-hmm. uh, this was just something that popped into my head when I read that and I was like Ugh. I like the updating of casting, but I don't love the pairing off of characters of color where it's just like, oh yes, well you know we'll we'll have of course only the diverse ones can like you know pair with each other like why can't you make a different mainstream character black and then you know she's black and that's yeah you know, it's it's just the the
2: they bring in they bring in color and then they segregate the color
0: exactly yeah there's like a segmentation of of that in terms of the updating it feels very siloed to certain characters but that's a that's a bridge we'll cross later yeah that's, whatever a, that's they introduce hole. yeah have we seen though i don't feel like they've done that a lot well i don't think they've done it at all because they haven't but it just is a general pop culture thing right where it's like oh yes we've cast this role or we've recast this role as a person of color or maybe it's like not specified and then we'll make their love interest the same race as them you know because god forbid we show interracial relationships on you know, screen it's just something i noticed that happens a lot in pop culture you know screen on screen stuff yeah.
2: Yeah, and who knows, maybe they won't go the, uh, maybe she won't even be involved with him. But it, it, That's true. Yeah, that's quite possible. My, often, I and obviously this maybe goes without saying, but so many of my little thoughts that come up during these discussions about these shows, it's like based on my still very limited knowledge of these characters in comics. It's not like I've read every single thing that she's ever appeared in, but my experience with her has been a villainous kind of cohort of King the Conqueror's. Yeah, I think so I think generally that goes. is
0: the, and also just a real quick tangent back, an example that I'm thinking of that comes to mind is the HBO Watchmen show, where mm-hmm. like, we have Dr. Manhattan, who they have cast when in, he's in his human form as a black man, and his wife is black, or mm-hmm. it's like, it's a, you know, technically he's blue, but why was his human form black? I like that he was black, but it's just, it's sure. just, you know, there's like implications there. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Back to Loki. Yes. I think the show is going to matter more than we thought it was going to matter. Yeah, that's I my know, take I don't too, know how to feel about it.
2: We'll see. That. I also laughed at the the little, uh, I don't know, you probably saw too, or thought it too, but when, you know, Owen Wilson's talking to the girl and. Who did this? And she points to the devil, and it was like I feel like they were just. I feel like that must have been added in a way to like make people like, oh, you think it's Mephisto? Like yeah. as a joke, like as a joke to all the. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think I all... think yeah.
0: they, they addressed it. Yeah, I think like the yeah. writer director addresses like, no, it's oh, supposed it to be Loki, yeah, <laughs> like,
2: like with the she's, horns. She's, the horns. Okay, that makes. But sense, we
0: yeah. get
1: it. Like Mephisto, because well, wasn't it? I mean, originally funny. supposed to be out before. Wanda uh,
2: probably. That's a good question. Yeah. I, yeah, I doubt that they've changed it, but it just felt like a very like. I, it, it felt like a joke to me so it actually worked perfectly even though i'm sure yeah,
1: no i mean was, i enjoy that we can, we can enjoy it in a different level now sure yes. yeah but yeah i think i think it was supposed to come out first so i don't i don't think it was intentional but i yeah. but maybe the leaving it in was intentional in that way where they're like okay this sure. is funny yeah you know
0: specific question did either of you know did either of you know who db cooper was that plane hijacking person
2: No, No, I I don't think so. I had
0: no clue. And everyone, you know, not everyone, but the internet was abuzz the next day. And I was like, I don't know who D.B. Cooper is. And I don't know why this should matter. Apparently, it is a real person who hijacked a plane and was never caught and like parachuted out. And there was like a 40 year or 50 year FBI investigation Uh on it. I was like, that's, I mean, it's cool. It's a clever little, you know, here's Loki interfering with like the, the, you know, human timeline. But I was just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not. I'm not old enough. Yeah. I don't understand this cultural reference. Oh, it's interesting. Just, just, just like them, a, a way for them to show him in like period piece, you know, yeah, like 60s period set.
2: I'm also that is interesting. Or I 70s, actually, I guess. But I had no idea. I, I'm curious about. I hope we learn more about the timekeepers and their actual role mm-hmm. in this MCU version of things because it's interesting to me. Like I was like, this is not necessarily a problem. It's just I kind of was like a little eye roll when talking about. The TVA here in the MCU is there to go and hunt down and stop any sort of variant from screwing up anything like, you know, in general, which I get that. But then it's like excused away where it's like, well, only if the timekeepers don't uh, basically give consent to it happening. And they totally consented with everything happening in Endgame. So they weren't involved at all. And I was like, even though that was clearly
1: uh... dumb and shouldn't have happened. And if we could. Because why
2: should. Why should evil Gamora have been able to exist? You know, like why would they want that to happen?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's kind of Loki's point too. Is like, who gets to decide? <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they were bored. I don't know.
2: Yeah, um...
0: <laughs> I did like the moment with the Infinity Gems, where he was just like, "Oh my god, they're you know they are all power. Like, what is, what's happening here?"
1: I liked seeing what's his face. From the good place, I was excited to see him get a role. What do I
0: know? I think I know him from like Silicon Valley or something like that. But like the the, comed- the very comedic actor who's in this mm-hmm. felt t- t- just a tiny bit out of place. Yeah, just I, like,
1: I, I don't think comedy. he did the best job, but I, I'm happy he's getting work because yeah,
0: him. yeah, of course. I mm, I didn't love it. I didn't love the episode. I didn't yeah. – I had to start – I started watching it, and then I was very frazzled and and was like, no, I, this is clearly a show I need to pay attention to. So I stopped, and I came back when I had, like, more, you know, headspace time. I was like, all right. I mean, I guess I like that we have to pay attention to it, but it just feels a little like flipping the bird to us because they're like, these things matter. These things don't matter. This might matter for the, like, later episodes. This might not matter. You know, like, the sc- screw the, everything you've watched for the last 10 years. I, I just – I also – I was done with Loki. I was happy with the death. Like, I don't think he's bringing his best self to this performance. Like when he does the smile thing, you know, where he's trying to be like charming and turns on the smile. I'm just like, this feels very forced and weird and not charming at all to me. But was that just me? Yeah, I I didn't. I didn't
2: think I felt I mean, I I remember making a post one time after the first Thor came out. And I was basically saying, like, "I, I challenge you to so tell me who is a, a better casting for a combo character than this man, aside from Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Like I remember very specific. Okay. He he's done amazing. In the, in work the beginning as the absolutely agree. 100 yes. percent And I and I think he's still good at it, but I do think a little bit of it, I it, part of this is also because again, I do think he's one of the rare villain characters in the MCU that we actually have gotten like a pretty full view of in a way. Mm-hmm. The other part of this that I didn't love was You know, I I enjoyed the scene work and stuff, but this kind of like therapy session almost where we're going back and forth and trying to get to the bottom of why he does what he does. And it almost feels as if we're kind of doing this thing where we're talking to a Loki who has been a villainous character for quite a while, when in reality that Loki hadn't been very long. And we did a really good job at setting up in Thor the reasons why he was turning to this because Mm -hmm. of the betrayal he felt. And this was doing a really, really almost kind of, to me, heavy-handed job of trying to really nail home, like, I do this because it's in my nature. I have to, this and that. And I was like, well, but wait a minute. Like, literally a couple years ago, you were happy or acting happy. Yeah. And doing mischievous stuff, but not evil things, Mm -hmm. you know. And it felt a little uneven to me, like we had gotten this Loki who got killed in Infinity War was was this guy instead of Loki who actually just got stopped in New York in 2011. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe uneven. that's what
0: the reveal is—that there was like this is a different, you know, there was like a Loki split at some point, and we actually, you know, maybe he went back into the timeline. Yeah. And, I don't know. See, this is what this is the problem. I, I mean, like, I can, I can,
1: I can feel that he does feel like a little bit more worldly, perhaps, or has been through a little bit more shit than maybe the Loki that they presented, right, in theory. I I actually really enjoyed it still. I thought he was charming. I thought, but see, I love that kind of banter, you know, where there's like an interrogation and the person's trying to figure out what they want instead of answering the questions and that kind of play. I know that that's very like cliche, right? But I, I enjoy those kind of scenes. I thought that was kind of interesting. I do think that showing Loki his life was a little heavy-handed and a little like emotionally manipulative of the show to try to get us to like care about him a little bit quicker if you mm-hmm. hadn't you know and slash catch us up if you weren't familiar with all the different points you know that are kind of important with, with to the his last character. ten
0: years yeah <laughs> so I,
1: I yeah I did but in in some ways it was kind of an a nice refresher for me because I'm of course I've, I haven't watched dark world since theaters you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, no, I, I i guess i i enjoyed it more than you did i think part of it
0: is again the actors and the performances from the actors we we've talked in previous episodes about like our feelings toward tom hiddleston as a person and that is starting to seep in more to me for this mm. character and i what i do like about what the show is setting up is like this is giving us an opportunity to have a different loki I don't know if they'll do it, but I at least like that that's an option on the table at this point. Oh, they have to do
1: it. They're going to. I, well, I they
0: they have that. to do it at some point, but are they going to – is that going to be a Loki in the the films later, right? Is Tom Hiddleston done? Is this like a passing of the torch? You know, I don't know if he is going to have the grace to know, okay, I'm h- hanging out my hat like Chris Evans did and be like, bye, this role is somebody else's now.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think he gets much of a choice, honestly. Uh- but, I mean, he could be like, I'm done. I'm sure his contract was up. Right. You know? Well, He's I just... mean, he can say no for sure. But if he doesn't want to say no, it doesn't mean that he gets to play Loki forever. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're going to do yeah. what's better for the story anyway. And I feel like, well, I don't know. I mean, Kid Loki plays a pretty big part in a lot of Young Avengers stuff. So it would it would make sense. Right.
0: I, I would say you hope they're going to do what's better for the story. I generally trust Kevin Feige. But I think the longer someone who's like with you know, star appeal is willing to hang around and be on the role, like they might drag him a couple extra when he's not necessary or be tempted to. Yeah,
2: I mean,
1: I guess we, we will see. Yeah, we'll see.
2: Yeah, no, we will. It's it's very interesting and I'm, I'm trying to trust. And I'm, I, I wish I could be more at a point with the MCU where I could I could just allow myself to just watch for pure entertainment value and not think too hard about stuff.
0: I don't understand. You know, what you're and saying. it's like, and I
2: know, I don't think any of us are quite there. And I wish I could be there because it's like, if this was a comic book, I would have zero to say about reading it. Like, zero to say about, like, oh, this doesn't make sense because it's like, mm-hmm. whatever. You just kind of forgive these things. It's just when it's like this, it's like, oh, it's got to make sense and it's got all this stuff. And I hope that they'll do it.
0: Why do we think that is?
2: I think it's because. In a comic book, you also have different artists and different this, mm-hmm. and it's a different look and a different. And you just you just know, okay, there's stuff. a the, the continuity, yeah, and the continuity, continuity of it exists. is over
1: like like longer periods of time, right? So you don't right. ever expect, like, I would never expect that Batman from 1950 is the same Batman we know in 2021, mm-hmm. right? That's but it's the same character. It's the same character. Yeah, it's same so it's like yeah, 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 yeah. That makes, sense. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, you have you can't you can't expect you know to be that have that level of longevity and not stay you know focused. Yeah. And right. It's comparing the the Tom Holland like, Spider-Man to Tobey Yeah, we haven't even had that many years of movies, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and so I think we're used to a more cohesive, because they did so well at the beginning, mm-hmm. and this is sort of their own fault, is that they tied everything so well together, the MCU really felt like a real... Place where they were telling different stories of different corners of it, but it all was cohesive and all worked together. And of course, they've had missteps. I'm not saying that they haven't, but for the most part, it all works really well. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like one of those spiderweb things where there's so much spiderweb now that it's very stressful that you could clip a corner and it could fall apart.
2: Yeah, like what they've done, the comic book equivalency of what the MCU has done has been what we all know as an event. Mm -hmm. Right. So you look at it and you look at uh, Secret Wars or Infinity War or these or uh, you know, even Civil War, these different events and things that happen as a core story. And then they go and that event goes and trickles through all these other comic books. Right. So I'm an avid Daredevil reader and I would read, read, read. I might not be reading the big event that's going on. But once it makes its way over to Daredevil, I know a little bit about it based on what I'm reading in Daredevil, but it makes sense in the context of Daredevil without having to know the larger story, right? Right. And some of the MCU, they've been able to kind of do that with, you could be a fan of just certain uh, standalone films without caring about the whole big picture. And you're not going to get the whole big picture, but they've done a good job for the most part of helping you still be entertained by those films on their own, right? And they've done this big event where everything is cohesive enough to where... If you were to just go now and just in this universe, introduce a brand new Loki, but pretend it's the same Loki and just make us all want to believe it, that's still something that wouldn't happen in the comic book either. Like when that happens, that would be a totally just a reboot. You know what I mean? At right. that point of the stories. So it's like, that's why it, it just gets messier in a way that like the comics wouldn't.
0: Yeah. And, you and know, I, the
2: implications are different.
0: Right. I'm also the least of the comic readers of the three of us. And I would imagine that most events, you know, maybe play out over a year two years at the most, but they don't play out over 10, 11 years.
2: No. And you'll, yeah. you'll have this many issues of a comic books. Right. Right. Event, but I think it's right? like how it's but, being yeah. fed
0: to us in terms of like, here's the pacing of it. Also sure. what you were just saying, just maybe thinking, I was like, I cannot imagine being a newcomer, to the MCU at this point, imagine coming into no. it and being like, shang Chu's my first movie. Like, what's happening?
2: <laughs> it's too aggressive. It's, it's like, like I
1: don't book. know how you do it.
2: Well, uh, I don't know I who. mean, I
1: knew people who watched WandaVision as their very first introduction to Marvel for some reason. What?
2: They Which liked
1: it. Them? Brenna, and, Brenna and her husband, Evan, started watching WandaVision. I had no idea that she didn't know anything about Marvel movies, honestly. I guess we never talked about it. I'm not sure. Or I just blocked it. But... She was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, oh cool. Did you like it? And she's like, Well, I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. And I was like, Why would you start with WandaVision? Like, where was the yeah, I mean, she enjoyed Wandavision and then
2: quarantine the... and people were talking I about mean, it. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: and then they went yeah. through and actually watched the movies. So Well, more power to Marvel. Like shocking I, testament, yeah. Was kind of a gateway drug for them, which I feel like that story, I mean, I loved it, of course, but I, well, I we talked like... about that. Yeah. We didn't think
2: it was like would this be good for people who aren't like as invested as we are?
1: Yeah, apparently, I wouldn't have thought is. so, but apparently it still, they still enjoyed it.
0: I wonder if just because stylistically it's so different. And if you're not a fan of like big crash bang, you know, action thriller stuff, like if you'd started with Falcon Winter Soldier instead, I, I did like that this did not have that type of action in it, yeah. that it was more WandaVision than it was Falcon in that sense. Also, I, I just love that all... Three Marvel series so far have just been characters who need therapy. (laughs) Loki's in therapy because he's under arrest. Like Bucky's in therapy because of these (laughs) things. Like Wanda definitely
1: needs therapy. I don't know if it was because we went back to like an ancient church or what, but it really, actually, very much reminded me of first couple seasons of Alias. I had not seen those, so I don't. But I believe you. yeah there's like a there's a it's a science fiction element no no i know it it was jennifer garner and i just yeah yeah, i didn't and there was like yeah and it's just they anyway i mean i don't know it's
0: it's, yeah investigation procedural type yeah stuff yeah that makes sense well i'm i'm looking forward to where it goes like i'm cautiously optimistic because in spite of not you know loving where hiddleston is at and all this like i still i I still want to know what happens
2: yeah i wouldn't i don't (laughs) i I think I think instead of optimistic, I'm I'm hopeful. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that it's not going to be a thing that I'm going to find too – that I'm just going to think is too messy or not. But I hope – I have hope. They haven't, like, squashed my hopes. Like, I have hope yeah. that they'll do it in a way that is clean and will make – like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. I will, of course, keep watching.
0: But... Yeah. This is without a, I, I again, yeah. I, I – I mean, there's I'm no question. Curious as to the day that what we go – for a Marvel or Star Wars yeah, like, show where we go like, nope, we're done watching.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I ever want to be there, but we may get there someday. I, mean, I really it? hope
0: they
1: never force me into that corner. That sounds terrible. Yeah.
0: yeah, but, you know, infinite timelines. There's a timeline somewhere where the three of us are not watching it.
2: You know, that's a good point. I mean, who yeah. knows how crazy this whole thing is. We've created
0: a Nexus event. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which, yeah, I was going to say that was the last point. It was like they threw that out there again. And I was like, I'm uh-huh. curious to see how they're going to tie it because they, they're referencing that word.
0: Telling, it's in kind of different, different,
2: different ways. And it's like, okay, you know. it's it, Doctor.
1: I think it's Doctor Strange. I think we're aggressively yeah. teeing up. Well,
2: and I hope that it is that we learn that Wanda is our nexus individual. digital. You know? Well, we
1: thought that Wanda was going to do more than she did too. So I I don't know. I, I... Well, we just don't know what Wanda has done yet.
2: Yeah. yeah like, for all we, point, for but...
0: all we know, you know, Doctor Strange will start and we'll be like, oh.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's immediately. You know. All right, well.
2: We don't have a lot of context for that that last scene in Wanda at the credits. Like, how, how long after that is. Yeah,
0: and whether, right. You know, and what happens immediately it. after it, right? Like, what does sure. she do is that the point where she's like, I figured it out? And, yeah. you know, cavorts yeah. off to deal with Doctor Strange.
2: I'm here to find out, let me tell you.
0: We are, yeah. Moving on to In the Heights. Like, dislike, thoughts?
2: I was here for it. I liked it. I, uh, on by unpopular opinion, I, and also I haven't seen Hamilton live. I had, I had seen this live. But it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I tend to enjoy this more than Hamilton mm. uh, music and all, but yeah. i it's not like my favorite thing of all time, but I i enjoyed the film. I thought they did a pretty good uh, pretty good job. I mean, again, I couldn't be like, oh, this was so accurate and this wasn't because it's like I don't remember it well enough. I remembered right. several songs and I found myself singing along to some of them, like humming along, like, oh, I know this one. I remember this one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought some of the ways that they... They, you know, and the dancing on the wall, things like that. Some of it was kind of fun in a way that I was like, I don't remember that scene, like how that scene was handled in the Broadway show at all, or if it this was just a purely like, hey, this is like a magic of the movies, what we can do. Yeah. Um, but there was some stuff, fantasy stuff like that that I thought was really fun in it, and I thought the talent for the most part was really well sought out, good singing, and yeah, yeah, I liked it. I the cinematography too. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah, i never, I'd never seen it or listened to it, so despite. I mean, I'm a big Hamilton fan, but um, I didn't, I didn't ever actively seek this. I don't really like listening to Broadway musicals before I can see them. So I'm more of a, a like, purist in that way where I w- would prefer to show up and not having listened to it, which mm-hmm. is very interesting because I, I did listen to Hamilton before I saw it, but only because I got forced to anyway, whatever. It's a long story. And uh, so I came into this fresh without knowing much about it, except for the fact that it was Lynn's kind of first uh, Broadway success i liked it um i had a really good time watching it i thought the music was good i i love like matt was talking about i liked that they took advantage of the movie medium and did Mm -hmm. some fun stuff that they definitely i don't think could do on stage Mm -hmm. of course having never seen it i don't know what they did instead but i just can't imagine that a lot of that kind of like magical stuff that they did in the movie would have translated well but i also love that they still made it a musical Mm -hmm. where everyone on the street dances and you have these massive, you know, um, dance sequences. They didn't shy away from any of that, right? But it still had really good intimate moments too. Uh, So I, yeah, I think, I mean, I enjoyed. it. I'll probably watch
2: it again. It really captured the energy of a live show on Broadway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It captured that feeling of like, oh, wow. You know, where some movie musicals really take a different path and they kind of make it too much movie, you know, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it still was felt like, like I was watching, a, you, know, you know, Broadway
1: musical, It felt.
0: Yeah, I think I think the scale of it helped contribute to that, where the scenes with extras in a Broadway musical, you're lucky if you have like a, you know, whole dance trooper cast or whatever. And this, they were like, we're going to have a whole city street of them. Like, you know, we're going to show you the ho- what this could be. If-.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly was thinking about the poor people in the back. So I was like watching and, you know, the, the people in the front are giving their all, right? Because they're, right, they're Lin-Manuel's new movie, John Cho, you know, all that stuff. And, right. you know, they're dancing their asses off. And I'm like, yes, get it, honey. You know, and then I was thinking about the poor people who were in the back, you know, who were probably still giving their all and still really excited. But for some whatever reason, some casting, you know, some choreographer at some point was like, oh, you get back here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very. Yeah. I, I mean, happy to be here. <laughs> I see you people in the back and I'm proud and happy to have watched you. Yeah.
0: It's uh, at least they get the credit and like, you know, they... They could just sort of wave I'm their sure hand at thrilled. the screen and be like, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm seeing that sequence. Like, I'm just, yeah. you just, oh, I, you know, I, I'm definitely there. But, but yeah, that's that's a very fair, it takes commitment from whoever those dancers and singers are to be like, yes, I want to be in this so badly that I will be in the very, very bad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I, re- I mean, I really, I mean, people who know the show probably did, you know, I didn't actually expect him to stay. So I got excited with the kind of plot twist that he, you know, loves his home. And wants to stay there and tell their stories and all that stuff, and because it felt very like not, <laughs> I don't know. It just it, it would have been incongruous to me that it, he leaves to go back there and just kind of lets. The, I loved the, the way neighborhood die. And I was like, mm. yeah, like
2: I loved the way that was handled because I I was thinking during the whole thing. I was like, for a lot of it, I was like, I thought he stayed. But I don't remember. Yeah, I could not remember. I was like, I thought he stayed, but I was like, clearly he's sitting on this beach and whatever. And so I loved the way they did that and played with the fantasy element there. I feel like in the show, he probably is sitting at the redesigned
1: thing, Mm -hmm. and
2: it's a different set than the the one that's not redesigned or something in a way where they are able to make that reveal. Yeah. But I felt like this was, again, a, a place where having it in a movie, really, like the movie part of it lent itself to that part of the story really well.
0: Yeah. I, I was reading a list of like the changes and the differences. And I was like, I don't remember any of this. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Not in a bad well. way. Yeah. But I was just like, no, I, they made, they adapted it and they adapted it well. Right. Because I think the ones that do the one for one, I'm like, what's the point of this? Like just film the stage play if you're going to mm-hmm. do it. Like do, do what Hamilton did, honestly. And like mm-hmm. film the stage play or the ones that, what did we watch? Like boys in the band. What was?
2: That? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I where was the, it was, like... it was a play and they like, they were like, we're going to stage it all in one Apartment, and I'm like, yeah. why? Like, why? Why are you doing? You don't have this? to because it's
2: not on a stage. You can right. actually like you can further. you can adapt
0: it and yeah. change it up a little bit, or right. even just the setting. And so this, I was like, yes, the changes that they felt natural. Yeah. I think they like excel the story I couldn't remember. I didn't even realize. I was like, did they ever talk in it like without singing?
2: <laughs> yeah, even. they did, but it was. It was I, know, but I just not remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I was
0: like, I
1: did not remember. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, they don't talk. It wasn't quite. No. I mean, no. Hamilton has very no, little limits, dialogue but, too. but oh, I, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But this this one has more dialogue in it than Hamilton. Could is. not remember it for.
0: But now that I'm thinking back, I'm like,
1: oh yeah. yeah, like the scene at the diner or whatever
0: with the dad. I'm like, oh, oops. But in my mind, it was a musical the whole time, and that's yeah. you know not in a bad way.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I really Story enjoyed.
2: wise, I thought. I mean, I was entertained the entire time. I will say, I thought it was. It went a little bit long, in a way that maybe I probably didn't feel on stage. But I thought that something that could have helped it would have been having us actually, like, officially learn that the Sunny character is a dreamer. Like, we could have guessed it, and I, you probably knew it. But when we got to that point in the story where we realized he's a dreamer and actually, like, this is going to be a central thing that's going to focus around let's try to actually help this guy. Mm-hmm. I thought that that moment could have been moved up a bit because then mm-hmm. it kind of felt like, oh, here's another act. <laughs> like, here's a, we're going into a whole other thing. Right. When the story kind of felt like it was wrapping up. Otherwise. Well, I feel like
1: when he was talking to the uncle and he was, because he wanted to take him with him to the uh, Republic or whatever. Antony, by the way. I know. I was Did like, Would you believe? No. Because I, I was like, I That do. man is too.
2: My friend literally he looks was like, like Is Mark
1: that Mark Anthony? Like, your friend
2: leaned to me and said, Is that Mark Anthony? I said, God, I hope not.
1: Oh, see, <laughs> I didn't even realize that was him because that stresses me out because it didn't. I like wonder if they like CG stressful. body double I mean, I hope Like, so. honestly,
0: like, it feels really like they like Chris Evans him from, you know, Cap where they like put him on like a skinnier. Because I was like, That's. Not, I, I, I'm sure they did something. Like I don't feel yeah. like that's what we're gonna have to look that up
2: like because I'm sorry stressful. to cut you off, Jackie. But yeah. you thought I just no, but like, that's Ugh. stressful. It was, yeah. I mean, it was very you, upsetting. You understand? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, can't even. Thought uh, you thought they were gonna uh, get, uh, get uh, into that? Yeah, I just yeah. had no idea that you know that was him. But anyway, he says I had to rewind it because he says it so softly, and he's like, "You pay him cash. You ever think about why? Right? And I
0: love that. I was like, I liked like that
1: moment, but I feel like the reveal should have been. Sooner after that, right? So that that comment, like we, we called back to the comment clearly, but like it just felt like yeah. we finally get the reveal and it was like, oh, that's what he meant back in the apartment.
2: Yeah. Well, and it might oh. not even be so much telling the audience as much as even like having the character Sonny start to have that moment where he's like, oh, holy crap, like I am so much more limited than I even imagined. Uh huh. That hit became a story point to where, you know, she then realized, oh, holy crap, we have to help this kid. And it became a thing where it became a part of the story that more than just Usnavi really cared about helping this kid. And I just thought that could have been moved up a little bit and it would have felt, but I mean, it's a, such a minor little thing that it doesn't make it up.
1: I also, for some way, reason, you know, and like, I don't know, it's probably unpopular, I'm not sure, but the the death um, didn't hit me very hard. I didn't really care. Oh, mm. oh I got yeah, it I hard. cried.
2: I cried in that. I know. cried a lot, yeah. I really appreciated, I think that I found the scene very beautiful in a way that like, I it was one of those moments where, The way it was filmed and all the sets and all the stuff and the way they portrayed that whole, like, go into the light or not. She's like, it was done in such a way that I was emotional about the artistry of it all. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a weird way. And then and then have a, seeing them, a breakdown about her actually passing away was, was sad to me, but I had already gotten emotional because of the artistry. I, I forgot.
0: Way. I also forgot. Like, I, you know, I'd seen the musical and I forgot the character dies.
2: And God. so I was like,
1: oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I missed have because like I had to watch it while I was like making dinner and stuff. So I kind of wonder if I just like missed her introduction. And so I just cared about her less than I mm. needed to. But I, I did enjoy like, the artistry of the scene for sure. It's sure, sure. good. Yeah. And I was sad for the characters because I knew they were sad, but I just personally didn't have any connection to her really. Mm. Oh, that's, I
0: think, I think if you watch the beginning, she is pretty integral in the beginning. Also, just going back to Mark Anthony, like I, that scene to me, I was like, I knew immediately, but then I also, that was actually one of the divergent points for me. I was like, wait, is this in the play? Is this mm-hmm. a plot? And then going back to what you said earlier, Matt, about it, it's long, I agree, it is a little bit long. And I think one of the sort of things about the theater version of it is you get an intermission right you get yeah, a reset exactly. and you get a break and-, and that's why
2: i was like i don't think i would have i cared in the, when i because i don't remember thinking oh that was too long when i watched it live
0: right because you like, just got uh, like a little and i i don't know i mean i do know how you would have done it in this like i think you would have shaved from some of the more extravagant dance numbers and you mm-hmm. could have pulled, you know here and there the, but the
2: blackout could be tightened a little bit you could or you could move yeah the, you could you could swap you can kind of go and lame is it where they kind of i don't know i'm, I'm a big lame is crazy but where they switched the series of events really quick to kind of give Fantine even more of a, like, that moment hits harder because we saw her sell herself into prostitution before she's singing I Dreamed a Dream. Or, yeah, I Dreamed a Dream. And it, it gives it more weight where you could have said, hey, let's move this protest that they talked about at the beginning. Let's just move that up a couple of days and then have us learn this about this character pre-blackout. And it could have mm-hmm. made the weight of it already, It already, it's already in motion, you know? Yeah. I
0: just, I don't know if that would have shaved time from it. I think that would have helped oh, the structure. Oh, yeah. Pacing.
2: I, I think the pacing yeah. of kind of like no, when you're, you know, that's introducing hard. this. You're more I think
0: invested. Okay. Totally.
2: Because okay. maybe it deserves to be the length. that I have no idea. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a minor complaint. It will not prevent me from ever watching it when I decide I want to watch it. I'm not going to be like, well, it's a little long because of that. And it's, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. It. I will say. There were some special effects things where I loved what they were going for, but like some of it was like, oh, I wish that looked a little better. But for the most part, I really, really, really loved and appreciated the care that went into like some of these sets. I felt like like mm-hmm. it felt really just like it felt like a stage show adapted to a film. Like it just felt in every way, and it felt very contained and it, but it felt believable to me, and I loved that. And this might not be a popular opinion, but it kind of gave me callbacks a little bit to the way that the rent movie was handled in that i that's one of my favorite broadway adaptations personally in that i actually enjoy the film more than i enjoy the show but it's it, it, it was done in a way where i mean everything it's like they're filming in real sets here and real stuff and it I, these characters felt very these places felt lived in and the characters felt real and raw and emotional to me and i really appreciated that
0: yeah. I, uh, I hate rent, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I don't think uh, I'm very popular for that, but, I uh, know.
0: but, but I, no, I mean, there are plenty of people who love rent. Lin-Manuel Miranda loves John Larson. Oh, I think um, the,
2: the, the movie, I mean, I know a yeah. lot of love the show, but I love movie uh, more.
0: <laughs> I think only because I've only seen the movie version of it. I, you know, don't have a feeling maybe the stage show can convert me, but I agree with your point that. It feels real. It feels filmed in New York. It feels like, you know, that's a bodega. That's a that's it's just it's New York, you know. Yeah. It's a it's maybe a tiny bit cleaner in certain parts, but sure. like I was like, nope, this is this is New York City.
1: I feel this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't yeah, I don't have any particular feelings about rent. I've seen it on Broadway and it, not Broadway, but I've seen it live and I've watched the movie. And I like them fine, but I don't really have much of an opinion on rent for some reason. That is fair. But I enjoyed this. I liked I thought it felt Mm -hmm. very lived in, and I thought it was a good story that felt authentic, and
0: I felt like it needed to be told. So I think my question is, because I think we all were on board with it and, you know, enjoyed it, would you recommend this to someone who does not like musicals? Do you think this is one that would convert them? No. No?
2: I think it's too much of a musical for people who don't like musicals. Like, for example, my sister, we all know. Mm -hmm. I I joked with Jackie this week, and I was like, yeah, like, I think Jamie would. It would probably would kill her. Interesting. I think that she would appreciate, she can appreciate the artistry of things about this stuff, but she's not a musical person and is not, despite the fact that she loves Disney films, she's not into like when people just break into song. Uh-huh. And she she surprises me every now and then. I very heavily f- have forced fan of the Opera and Les Mis on her, like the live shows and stuff like that. Like That's probably why she hates that. musicals. <laughs> but she likes, I, she will tell you she likes those ones, unless she just wants to shut me up, but. I will say that Miz movie in 2012. We went Christmas Day. We came out of there, and my sister's face was puffy and bright red because she was crying so hard in that movie. And it's like huh. one of three movies she's ever seen where she's cried because of people. It's always because animals. And uh, Coco, which happened after, was another where she, you know, they're technically people, even animated. But she does not cry for people. And huh. Miz got her, and so I don't think she's watching Miz on the regular or anything. But she, it hit her hard enough in a way where she could appreciate it. But I think she would die in this.
0: Full disclosure: I have never seen Les Mis, any any form. And now at this point,
1: I'm holding out. Okay.
2: Well,
1: Jackie, thoughts? We'll yeah, that no,
2: later. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never take uh, that, so. that, that was that was a
1: lot that you just revealed. Um, no, um, yeah, no, I think that I know I would never I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who doesn't like musicals. It's too much of music. It's 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 an homage to musicals. It's it's everything that I love about musicals. It's it's a lot. Someone like, you know, for example, my sister would hate this. can't imagine that she would enjoy this movie at all. I, I'm, I would be happy to be wrong, but I just feel like it's like a quintessential musical, you know, in the sense that it's huge numbers of dance and a spectacle um, and it has a lot of heart and all that stuff. But if you don't like following along lyrics to figure out what's going on in the story, you're not. Going to understand what's happening because there's so little dialogue,
2: um, mm.
1: and people who don't like musicals don't like listening to lyrics and figuring out what's going on, and and you know, yeah, yeah. I
0: guess okay, yeah, that's very right. I I guess I had been thinking about it in the sense of like I assume a lot of the time people don't like musicals because they associate the music style with like an Andrew Lloyd Webber or something mm. along those lines, or like very ballady, and this is like hip hop, rap, Latin music. You know, fused together, and and you know, Hamilton obviously like the global success of that. I think speaks to as a gateway. You know, his music as a gateway. But I could see that if you don't like your plot delivered in song, no, then absolutely not. But I think if you're someone who's on the fence because you don't like music style, this could be the gateway one.
2: Sure, and and yeah. I mean to that to those points, like but I don't I think, think that,
0: there are a lot of people with that now that you realize.
2: that. Totally, yeah. And my sister, she's not a lyric person in general, but like when watching a musical, like I think she she is fine paying attention to what they're saying and kind of whatever for the most part, but she would need a lot less songs than this, like a musical that I took her to that I knew she would love. And she really did like was wicked, for example. I don't know how she'll feel about a movie adaptation if that ever happens, but it was something where, you know, there are a good amount of songs in that, but not that many compared to something like this or a lame as a Rob or a Hamilton. where like, we are singing more than we're talking ever. Mm -hmm. and and it is those big yeah the musical numbers like when they're all dancing on the street or they're in the pool doing all that jamie would be covering her face because it's that for her it's the the unrealistic cheese factor in musicals the grease of it all that she does Uh not like whereas lame is it's too much singing for her but it's everyone in there wants to die and it's sad and this and that and they're at war and jamie's right up her alley yeah (laughs) Yeah, she's like oh okay perfect and Phantom of the Opera, the, the melodrama of it all, like that kind of thing where- Someone living in
0: darkness, also up her alley.
2: Exactly. For her, it lends her. I think it lends itself more to, it's it's the drama rather than she doesn't like the big popcorn like-
0: Okay, that's fair. Cheese ball thing. And
2: so this has that in an, ama- in an amazing way. I mean that lovingly because I love it. I love all forms. I'm like, this is, I love musicals. music. So, but yeah, I think that that could be off-putting for some people.
0: Yes, given that perspective, I <laughs> ag- agree. I had thought of it more in a broader sense, like, sure. or the sense that I had framed it as, but you were both very right. This is not for you if you don't but, like musical skills for those reasons.
2: To that point, that's part of what's really refreshing about what Lin-Manuel does do. And as someone who's not a big fan of Hamilton, let's say, like, I don't care to necessarily see it again. Uh, I would see it live, but I'm not like excited about it. It's nice that this music style is like something that it's, we don't have enough of it. It's mm-hmm. it's nice that it is re- refreshing and it's different than that typical like you're saying the Andrew Lloyd Webber and that what musicals are so famous for as at least on Broadway. It's yeah. nice to have a little or bit like of time or like yeah sure like, it's a re- it's a refreshing a couple schools of yeah because there is room for all kinds of different musical genres and musicals and like we do oh, need
1: hundred percent and color. I just love I love thinking about Baby Lynn you know, growing up in Washington Heights and loving musicals the way that he loved musicals and deciding to write one with the music that he loved. And that yeah. fit in the
2: world that he was experiencing.
1: Yeah. And the way that he experienced it and the music that was in his culture and the music that was in, you know, his neighborhood and really telling those stories. And I think that's why they work, you know, because it's is truth. Mm-hmm. Can I tell my really douchey Lin-Manuel story? Absolutely. And- Uh,
0: so he, at the time In the Heights had come out, he was on the children's show I was working on for Sesame Workshop. He was like guest star a bunch of times. He wrote music for it, which means I have a credit on the same episodes as him. So I was like, I'm zero degrees removed movie-wise, TV-wise from from Lin-Manuel Ren. Good job, me. I made him into a hot dog once. But so I, I had heard about it and I was like, oh, I, I knew him as the, one of the guys on the show's like friend. I didn't know either of them personally because I was in like the post team for this, but I was working on their shots all the time. And so my friend Catherine was like, oh, let's go to In the Heights. It's really, really good. I was like, okay, fine, let's go. I was like, this is great. We stage doored. And I was like, hi, um, I actually know Shockwave. <laughs> because <laughs> I work on an electric company, blah, blah, blah. And he was so nice. He was, I was like the nicest person about it. And he's like, oh my God, that's so great. So that was my one like in-person encounter with him and being like, oh, I'm working on you as a hot dog, right? <laughs> it's true. If you Google him, it's uh, it's the photo that comes up But I'm very proud
2: He's like, thank you for your contributions to this. Thank life.
0: you for your, yeah, thank you for your <laughs> service. <laughs> but he was so good. And he would like wrap these insanely complicated, smart things for a children's educational show on Sesame Workshop. And now I'm like, and then, you know, Hamilton happened. I was like, oh, damn. Wow. that's like, oh. <laughs> like He's so good. So, and also just You're so, like, so nice. me I could so have known. Nice. I like, mean, at the same knew, time, though, it was like know, I knew because he had a show on Broadway at like 28 but it's or like something
2: At that but... time, you don't know what they'll become. Like, what like what a pop yeah. culture phenomenon. Like, you know what right. I mean? The way where it's like now it's a household name. Everyone knows who. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: right. I, no one can predict what Hamilton no, did. could not have. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, right, I think that's one that of that those was, moments. Yeah. It's one of those pop culture defining sort of things. Yeah. i always have my 3D hot dog town. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you That's, will always yeah. have that. You will always have that. I will always
1: always too. have that.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I guess like just speaking of talent and stuff, like one of my last things about it is like, I mean, Anthony Ramos like the lead was wow. I just thought he was incredible. Like I thought yeah. like the singing, the everything because mm. I am of perhaps the unpopular opinion. And I I do know people who love Hamilton who agree with this too. I don't maybe you you both do as well. Uh I don't like Lin-Manuel's singing all that much. It's okay. Oh, I like, not, okay. It's not
0: his strongest It's not
2: his strongest point. point. And for yeah. me, and I mean, obviously he's an incredible writer and an artist and all these things. He doesn't take away from any he's a better, of better,
0: He's a good I, rapper. He's a very good rapper. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's like, but, but so the, the versions of this, the, a lot of these songs that I have heard, I believe have Arley Manuel, largely, unless I'm wrong. Yeah. But, probably. Yeah. You, before, it you know, uh, Broadway, the, right? yeah. 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 yeah so it's like, job, yeah, and I'm so sure. I, I very well may have, I'm imagining I must've seen him then when I saw him, <laughs> but I didn't know who he was at the time really. And it, he's the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But I thought that this guy, like Anthony Ramos, I thought was just like you know, I know he's not like incredible. a name in the world, but he's just incredible. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to say that Lynn didn't bring anything to the role of Hamilton, but I will say that he definitely is not the best singer for sure. And I've seen, I've, I've never gotten to see Lynn play Hamilton. I very sadly Except have for to
2: dis- get Disney Plus. Just well,
1: Disney Plus, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, and of course, I've listened to the soundtrack and stuff, but I will say you know i've seen I've seen Hamilton five times. I'm that person, and I missed Lynn performing in it by a couple of weeks, you know' oh. they don't actually tell you that when you buy your tickets, right. but anyway, I will say that I've liked a lot of the other Hamiltons more. I, I have, have performance-wise. a friend wise yeah. yeah, and there's an you know the the San Francisco Aaron Burr is one of my favorite performances of all time, and I'm you know was very into him. So I think I mean I think that's kind of the the glory or wonder so in some ways of Broadway is that you can watch the same show with different actors and get more or different things from it every time mm-hmm. just because the performances can be different and be and just add more to the story or differences, right? I don't know. It, it's it's, the beauty- it's cool.
2: Is the beauty and then it becomes the curse of it once you see the most flawless performance of all time and you can't repeat it. Like if you get the absolute best Galinda and then yeah. you go again and she's just okay, you're like, oh, well, the whole show was hinging on the fact that you're amazing. or exactly. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. And so it, it's – but I agree with you. It's it's like that's the thrill of theater. I love it.
0: Yeah. And I do appreciate that. I do think Lin-Manuel has a, a mild self-awareness. I think he does. That traditional singing is not his – uh, he is the one of the most talented people probably ever sure. in, uh, alive if, you know last however many years but i think that of his it, and it's still like he's a better singer than many people but oh. there are way way better singers and and because he could have made himself usanavi in this right like he could have done that and he was like nope nope i'm gonna be like i'm let's have someone else i'm not the right fit for this he you could know? do the
2: the tony stark anti-aging thing and just be like I'm... <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know. i could
0: i was trying to figure out i was like is that a fat suit or is
1: he just a little like
2: a little, a little buffy. I wondered too. Right now?
1: Like you know, he's, 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 he's like a very slim be guy. Happy. Like be fat and happy, Lynn If that's true. That's, yeah, that's totally fine. It just almost it yeah. just
0: seemed like it didn't fit on him.
2: I wondered because I will say that in I thought the I saw, same thing though too. I saw this in yeah. theaters and the they'd had like an intro before it, kind of like a thank uh-huh. you for thank you for coming to the movies and blah blah. blah. And yeah. he talked a lot on it, and he looked like his normal slim self. In that, yeah, like. And so is it interesting? So maybe, maybe he got a little puffy when they were filming this and then he's, he's trimmed down. And that well, no, makes, I, think, that makes, I think they you
0: know, maybe made him puffy. But maybe you know, he like, did I on think perfect, it was like a, yeah. oh, no, I I think like a fat suit. Like I think they, because sure, it just didn't was. look like it was, because his beard was like weird and, you know, it's, it looked like the Marvel department had maybe done
2: it. Maybe they did, so I, you know, he's so in I was with like, Disney. oh, I
0: feel like they're trying to like make him you know, less Lin-Manuel-y, mm-hmm. show a little bit difference and, and just trying to like force it like slap it on there. I'm like, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> but also his parents, there's a cameo with them in it. And I was like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I
2: don't <laughs> think I knew that.
0: Dude. They uh, they're early on and they're like standing by a car singing when what's her Aww. face comes home and I was like I know who those people are that's his parents.
2: Well, and that's I think that's part of the that's I love hearing that because that's part of the joy of this whole thing is like like we talked about little kid Manuel and whatever and then it's like he he or Lin Manuel and he writes this. And I like it's,
0: little kid and, Manuel. I know. it, like <laughs> <laughs> it it's looked really
2: well. Little kid Lin sounded yeah. me. but you know he he writes this based on I'm sure so many things in his life and where his neighborhood and all his experience, you know. And it becomes a smash hit. He moves on. He goes into Hamilton, one of the biggest hits ever at this mm-hmm. point. And then now we're making a film. He gets to play a different role in it to have kind of a cameo, you know, in yeah. several scenes. Put this family in there, it's just such a love letter to, to Washington Heights, but also such a love letter to his life, it seems. And maybe it's not, it feels that way. And I, it must be such the most gratifying thing to get to this point in your career yeah. and to be able to like, do this and then be involved in the level he was and it's just kind of like and then watch your baby on the screen like that I just it must be so fulfilling
1: it must be amazing and I I think especially coming from a a neighborhood like Washington Heights like who expects that little kid to make Broadway hits he's from a little bit north of Washington sure sure, I mean yeah but no he, he, you know but it's still
2: it's still nice yeah but to have this smash hit and everything and be watching this musical in a time when you know you look and I think I I think I probably could have counted the amount of white people in it on my hand. You know what I mean? Like, and that's insane yeah. in itself that like, that should be happening. And like that's this, this kind of movie should be able to exist. And it does. And I love that, you know, and it's something that we're fighting for and that kind of like, you know, people of color and having more moments and bigger platforms and things like this. And it's just, it's just a cool moment. I, I'm just yeah. happy for him and everybody.
0: Ugh, did you two see the conversation about like the Afro Latin pushback on casting i didn't it's just i mean it's it's fair and Lynn Manuel miranda did address it like after people kind of said something about it it's you know they're like oh there's not a lot of like dark-skinned latin representation Mm -hmm. in this and i was like oh that's valid and hold on i'm just gonna i'm gonna pull up his response because it was a very it was a very thoughtful Mm mm-hmm response but it's also like well it's too late (laughs) he said i started writing in the heights because i didn't feel seen and over the past 20 years all i wanted was for us all of us to feel seen i'm seeing the discussion around afro latin representation in our film this weekend and it is clear that many in our dark-skinned afro latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it particularly among the leading roles I can hear the hurt and frustration over colorism of feeling still unseen in the feedback. I hear that without sufficient dark skinned Afro Latin representation, the work feels extractive of the community. We wanted so much to represent with pride and joy in trying to paint a mosaic of the community. We fell short. I'm truly sorry. I'm learning from the feedback. I thank you for raising it. And I'm listening. I'm trying to hold space for both the incredible pride in the movie we made and be accountable for our shortcomings. Thanks for the honest feedback. I promise to do better in my future projects and I'm, I'm dedicated to the learning involving we all have to do to make sure we're honoring our diverse and vibrant community. You know, I was like, as far as apologies go, it is, I guess the best you can ask for because yeah. it's like, yeah, the movie's done. Sure. Like we
2: messed up. Yeah, nothing I can do but learn from that. Right. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, I mean, I, I haven't lived in his experience and the experiences that of the culture. And so I, it does sadden me think about that because it's something that again like I mean I don't think about that you know I because I don't I don't know this area and what things are like and stuff so if it's not actually super reflective of what it is like it's it's just a bummer that you know we have this like like I could be looking at this like oh my gosh this is so much great representation but it maybe isn't exactly and that that's what can be such a bummer but it's we all have work to do you know and to keep learning.
0: Yeah, and, and to your earlier point, I was like, oh, you know, the director is John M. Chu who did such a great job with Crazy Rich Asians and it was mm-hmm. just, and there you know, you said there aren't any white people in this, but I was like, I don't think there are any Asian people. But also, totally. that's not, generally speaking, where we live in that neighborhood, <laughs> you know, like totally. we're in Chinatown, so, yeah. or like yeah. different other, other, like Koreatown in New York. Yeah. And like, so I was like, you know, I'm willing to overlook it in this film because sure. it is representative of a very specific place and time and like,
2: well, and I think there's something to be said when I made the point saying that, like, I think I if I think I probably could have counted the ones I saw in my hand. Not that I was like looking, searching for them, but the ones that I did know, I noticed a couple. I think. Well, uh, it's like the like it's a, a I say people that a,
0: taking over gentrifying, right? Right, and I
2: say that in a positive way, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, that's great because, like, you know this this film needs to be able to exist, and usually this is happening where it's all just white people and not a lot of people of color. So it's it's like I can say that in a nice way, but then when you look at it and with what you just said, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Then it, it does start to, you know what I mean? Like, it, cause I agree with you and it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing where we live in this time right now where white representation is so overbearing everywhere and has always been that it's nice to see it not there, but then, yeah, it's hard because there are so many communities that are underrepresented that it's like, ah, uh, how do we get, how do we get well, everybody where they need to be? You know, and, and
0: well, even even seeing this reaction, it's not something I would have thought of, right? Sure. Because I'm like, oh, it's just not how I, the lens. It's in not our I, experience, right? And then I'm like, oh, that's so sad that it not takes away from the success of the movie, but I'm like, oh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay. And I think part of it, you know, again talking about crazy rotations, like crazy rotations is talking about a very specific one group. You know, it's like Chinese people as opposed to this, which is like representing a melting pot sure. of you know Spanish speaking people in this neighborhood. So I'm like, oh god, that's it's it's x x amount more challenging, and it sucks that you know the ball was dropped on this, and that some of us wouldn't have even noticed the ball was dropped on this. But you know, I hope I hope people don't glom onto just that part of it totally. when they talk about this in the future.
2: But it serves that to it's a, it's a highlight how much we all have to learn, which is
0: yeah yeah even the you know even the what they think of this, like the great success is like oops.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but I think we can celebrate. Yeah, absolutely, I think he's already right. space. I think we can celebrate steps towards correct. I mean, there wasn't a single disabled person that I remember seeing in the whole film, you know. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it represents at least a, a portion of that community in a way that they haven't really been seen before. So, right, you know, and I think his his response was wonderful, and and yeah, yeah, we should always always keep commenting that stuff so that we can get better and keep bringing it up but I don't think you know don't let it shadow the what has been accomplished agreed yeah,
2: yeah hold, hold space for both and appreciate this for what it is while acknowledging that it, it could be better yeah but doesn't have to take away from the fact that it is awesome also <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's like okay. and I, I could totally see that
0: cool well thank you both thank you I don't
1: know what else to end on <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like, watching watch the heights <laughs> watching
1: the heights yeah watch it it's funny because I went to go look for it on Disney Plus just
0: to assume. oh
2: because yeah well he's so up in bed with Disney there, right?
1: and then he was yeah. on Moana you know I just assumed Disney bought it I don't know yeah. no then he's
0: also he's in bed with Netflix too and and with um Sony he's doing one of look, their everyone animated, wants a piece like- of Lynn.
1: So, Mm -hmm. but I just assumed Disney because everything I love is on Disney anyway. So then I just, and then, um, then it wasn't there, and I was like, "Where is it?" I thought it was streaming. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) And then I did find it. So we're all good.
0: He's just he's he's uh, hedging his bets, really. Actually, yeah. We think about it. I mean, go for him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Get it from get it from where you can, you know.
0: Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt for joining, and now a couple of follow-up points. Just because we didn't actually explicitly say it in the episode, Quantumania is the name of the next Ant-Man film in the Marvel Universe, so that's why we kept saying Quantumania because we think that Kang the Conqueror is, we know that Kang the Conqueror is going to be in it, played by Jonathan Majors. As for D.B. Cooper, D.B. Cooper is the media epithet used to describe a man who hijacked a Boeing 727 in the United States, flying between Portland and Seattle. In 1971, he got away with apparently 200000 in ransom money and eluded capture, and the investigation, as I mentioned, went on for a very long time. It was never solved by the FBI. Eugene Cordero is the actor who plays Casey, who works at the TVA who we were talking about, who was also on The Good Place and in Silicon Valley. And then as for In the Heights and Mark Anthony... I don't think he was body doubled it sounds like he was not actually body doubled which is kind of bonkers to us I'm assuming maybe like very clever makeup was done to make him look so sort of sickly and skeleton-y but very bizarre and then there's a whole laundry list of changes between the musical and the movie version of it that exist and we're we're actually just not going to go into it because it's so long but yes there are some significant changes that were made structurally between the two that both Matt and I who have seen both versions forgot about but I don't think it's important to that I think what's important is it's an enjoyable film also just because i i think i kept cutting off the o in it it's afro latino representation that is being talked about in regards to in the heights that has been it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing